Oh no, I'm not gonna do that today. <laughs> anyway, hello everybody, and welcome to Genesis Avalon episode 15. Which you, if you already listened to this episode, which you should have, because uh, you should listen to the commentary first. Um, it's awesome. Um, and I'm not just saying that as the person who does the stoop on it. Um, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, anyway. I'm Catherine Pride. I, I do the stoof on the show, um, and with me, like usual, is my awesome Episode editor and main 15. villain, Chris Britton. Unstable hello, hello, hello. And no, you're not the only one saying this. Uh, I have said to you, this is uh, probably my favorite episode of Gen 7 so yeah, It's far. really awesome. I'm quite happy with it. I did not expect it to turn out nearly as awesome as it did. Um, I mean, it no. starts with a bang and it ends with a bang. Um, it does indeed. I still have wine, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you're good on that for, for a while now. Three commentaries in a row. Yes. Fuck yeah. This does start with a bang. And after the last episode being very much a talky build-up episode till that final scene, yeah. this really jumps in. It's a great second part. Uh, yeah, and that was the way it was. I mean, it was clearly a... It, it's a second part to it, so it was nice because it, it feels like a bit like a two-parter, but it doesn't feel like a, oh, this is clearly a two-parter. Um, Absolutely. It, it still stands alone pretty well, and uh, I love what I did with Sekhmet, because I, now I've had time to kind of play with her powers a little and see how I want her to come out, and she's definitely not like Lilith, so that's kind of nice. Like, as you could hear, because if it was Lilith doing the rain rain go away, she would have done some sort of a high-pitched scream, and instead I put a fun little flange on, uh, on, on the voice and freaked it out and started an earthquake because that's always fun. Earthquakes are fun! <laughs> earthquakes are fun. I love the word flange. I love it too. It's a fun word. So, um, <laughs> I, so this is interesting. This little sound effect bit is nowhere in the script at all. Um, where she kind of no, tunes not. everything out. I got the idea to do it while I was mixing it because I was like, you know, I feel like it need, it's missing something. And I was like, you know, the cool, I, I was like, if I, how would I, how would I properly show that the earthquake is calming? And I went with, well, what if her heart is what she uses to control it? She hears her heartbeat, she focuses, she listens, and then she's able to slow her own heartbeat down. And through doing that, she slows, the, she finally calms the ground. So I thought that was kind of cool to do. It was a nice change. It was a change That's that nice. I just kind of did. And I was like, I think that works better than just, calm the shifting land. <laughs> you know? No, I like that a lot. That's good. That's a really that's a, that's a really nice touch. And also the heartbeat you've had running right from the trailer for the series. Yeah, her heartbeat is a very important thing. Yeah, the first time she ever trans she ever meets Obsidian, she's hearing her heartbeat, and you can hear it getting louder and louder until she finally transforms in front of him. So yeah, yeah. her heartbeat is kind of I, I like using it as a a signal, and, you know, in some cases. So, so who is Dagda? That's not one that's familiar to me. Let me look him up really quick, because uh, I have very, very many. Um, Some of them I, I hear and I, I know vaguely, because I... I'm yeah, and, and that's part of what happens. I, I wind up using a lot of obscure ones sometimes. Um, yeah, he is a... Um, he's a father figure, and he's a very important like kind of father figure god and the whole thing about him is he has a magic club and he's known as the protector of the tribe so that's why i used him as you know giving his club to slay his foe so that's that's who dagda is just in a nutshell Very for good. the sake of this particular sequence um and, uh, i love the music build you have there thank you i uh, again kevin mcleod i he's got some awesome stuff go 
not yet. I really kind of like how this goes, where she, she, she lands, and goes to find Julian, and kind of ignores everything else. It's like, I love writing Gina because she's kind of selfish, in yes. that she doesn't seem to get that like what she does matters. You know, she doesn't. She's not just a person now. Now she's a figure. You have to do things a certain way because you're a public figure. And she totally blows off Exodus and blows off the people who are, like, freaking out because she's back to go talk to Julian, who hates her guts. <laughs> Good job, Julian. And Gina. Yay. You two hate each other. We know. Move on. You don't have the right to say his name. You don't have the right to say his name. I know. <laughs> he sounds a little pissy. <laughs> oh, we're so heartless laughing. This oh, I laugh at Julian's pain all the time. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm writing it. <laughs> I've got an image of you bent over the desk going, and then he cried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, I like how that happens. I, I like that little sequence, though, where he like is like a little girl in a mask who plays God, and he slams his visor down, and he takes off on his Kawasaki. <laughs> like... I like the fact you know what the makers of Yeah, yeah, the Kawasaki. It's a cherry Big red Kawasaki. Nerd, nerd, nerd. I know. Nerd. <laughs> oh, believe me, I nerd out like that on Catwoman all the time, too. I was sitting there talking about boxing lingo <laughs> in one episode. All my boxing lingo I learned from Rocky. Nice. I actually liked, I used to do free, freelance work for boxing websites, so I learned a lot about it. I wound up wow. liking it. But, uh, ooh, detransforming noises. Yay! Now it's Sam's turn to finally just be like, I give up! I'm done! <laughs> what are you talking about? I'll bring you all the way back. I feel what bad for him, I really do. All you care about, all you care about, is the Ickle Report or Rape to anyone. Did you actually see the city? Sorry, I got lost those listening those again, again to the episode. People are not I know we shouldn't do that, it's terrible. Terrible commentary, yes, good. <laughs> but it's great, it's it's great. I, as, I, as I've said, I think this is. It's such a, a realistic character and performance. Yeah, I think... I work with people that sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes, especially when I'm pissed. Um, moving down to London, my accent's got really, really southeast. Um, so, uh, no, I, no, and I buy it, and it's, and it's just so nice to hear that sort of accent with British character. Well, that was one reason why I kept telling David that as much as he hated me for it, he had to do it. Because, <laughs> like, I don't want you to sound like you're a total Eastender, but I don't want you to sound like you're RP either. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, but I did, I really like that scene, because I, and I, you know, like usual, I think they, we say every single episode, oh my god, David and Laura, they play off each other so well. But they do. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we have to find another way of saying yeah. it. But in this case, I think that was a very good scene. I thought they did did a very good job of, uh, there's a lot of emotions there, and it's not just one or two. Like, I like it because it doesn't seem like it's a one-layered conversation. In fact, even Jaina points out in this, in which she's explaining to Natalie and Noir that she doesn't even know why he's mad at her, it kind of, like, hammers it home that it feels like they were having two completely different conversations. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He's sitting there going, oh my god, I'm trying to be your friend, quit being a bitch, I'm trying to be your friend, I actually do give a damn about you, and I'm sick and tired of seeing you ignore everybody for some guy who doesn't care. Because he's a genuinely nice guy! And she's like, well, he's just mad, because he's a stupid boy. 
Oh, it's lovely to have Jaina and Noir acting together again. I know, I missed having them together. Um, it's nice, it's nice, I think it's nice because, you know, she hasn't flat out said she's going to stay, but she does kind of spend the time and, and starts fighting. And then when she starts fighting, she realizes, I can't let this happen again, I have to stay. And uh, so now she's at that point where she's like, no, I know I have to stay, but she hasn't told anybody that she's going to stay yet. She's no, just absolutely. trying to figure it out. From a narrative perspective, we expect her. Yes, obviously. And I really, you know, I love how Alicia plays Natalie because the, the hard thing about that character is she is the level-headed friend. She's the friend. She's not like B, who's like downright apathetic sometimes and is not afraid to get in Jaina's face. And then not like Roxy, who was kind of, you know, well, <laughs> we talked about this on the list the other day, actually. Uh, let's just say that Roxy's feelings for Jaina were not exactly just platonic. Um, so, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I would like to call Roxy equal opportunity, um, like myself. And, uh, and me. De yeah, hey. and definitely she just, you know, when you listen to the episode where they're looking for Belial, and they're in the car, and Roxy's just ranting about how if Jaina gets herself hurt, you know, it's, I, Tracy actually put, kind of put the subtext in there. I wasn't expecting to actually let it out, but she put it in there. And uh, she just confirmed what I had already thought, which was, you know, which was that Tracy, you know, Roxy had feelings for Jay in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's just that friend that you don't want to see hurt, but you kind of like them. Yeah. They're off limits. It's that same kind of situation. So, um, oh, we love a bit of bisexuality in our shows. <laughs> I'm sorry, nothing is ha nothing is is as uh, homogenous as people like to make it. So I like to make sure that my show tries to be a little bit of everything. Um, I'm working on it. I still am missing some characters, but I'm working on it. Um, hey, one thing yeah, at a time. Yeah, exactly. But um, no. So uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have Natalie there, who's kind of this sensitive, level-headed friend, and I think that. Alicia does a great job of that. Oh, and then here we go. Here, you hear Tanya for like the first time in like seven episodes or something. Because I kind of didn't have anything with her in it. <laughs> I know Tanya, poor neglected Tanya. I know. Well, to be fair, she didn't really. Uh, she wasn't exactly a great girlfriend, but he was an even worse boyfriend. <laughs> I think that's the thing, isn't it? You got all things on scale. Yeah, she's one of those people where it's like, wow, you two kind of uh, deserve each other. Yeah, um, <laughs> but she only deser she deserves like slightly better because she is really a sweetheart, but she's a little close-minded about some things, and she comes off like that chick who gets jealous when her man even talks to another woman. And yeah. that was the, I think, the crux of it was Julian was fascinated with Avalon, and she would have none of it. And then when he tried to bring Avalon to her door. When he knew, when she when they both knew that that Belial was clearly after Avalon, she just, she'd had enough. So uh, Belial seems like a long time ago by this point. Oh, it was it was months ago. I mean, you're talking you're talking almost remember six months passed over the course of the first season basically, and another three months now. So you're talking it's been at least six months since she fought Belial. That was one of her first fights. It's almost, it's almost funny how, like, scared she was of Belial, and then considering everything that tells us happened. I think now she's like, if Belial were to show up now, she'd be like, dude, you're small fry. I could yeah. take you. You're not Lilith. I could take you. So. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though, knowing that she's grown so much, though. I like that. But, um, you know. 
That's a lovely fade between those two scenes. I liked it, and that and the music that's playing here is one of my. If you've used it in a line too, in like one of the most inappropriate scenes ever, um, and it's my Julian theme, so that's kind of funny because he's like my my private investigator type, so I kind of picked some film noir type music. What did I use? Oh, uh, you used it with Sahi and Ashwa's character in a particular situation. Hey, yes, yes it is. <laughs> that's fine. I don't. I, it's not like I care, but it's funny because I heard it in the episode. I was like, oh my god, that's Julian's theme. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's me, ruining the moment. All right. Um, but um, I do like how, because now we're listening to uh, Natalie and Bobby talking, I like how they've developed a a friendship in that very kind of, uh, I don't know, this is going to sound mean, but in that very kind of fag-hag kind of way, um, where he's clearly like her best girlfriend ever. <laughs> Because they clearly, like, they really do get along and they talk probably every night because he goes to the bar that she works at all the time. So, I think they're very funny. And uh, and now you get to meet Carrie. Julia meets Carrie for the first time and it's so funny. Because she's, like, so kind of socially awkward. Well, she's not socially awkward. He's socially awkward. But, um, it was kind of nice to play it that way. No, I love Carrie. I'm a journalist. <laughs> I know how hard Em worked at this accent. I know. And how determined you were that she would be Welsh. I was. I was determined. And it wasn't to be mean. It was just like, no, this character's kind of Welsh. Like, she's she's not proper. And up until now, everything that Em has done accent-wise for British accents has been very proper. And I'd asked her, can you do Cockney? And she was like, no. And I was like, can you do Welsh? And she goes, what's Welsh, maybe. <laughs> and I had her listen to it, and she was like, I hate you. But I'll do it. <laughs> Three seasons of Gavin and Stacey later. Yes. She does a great job with it, though, and I would never have it any other way. I think she does a fantastic job. No, absolutely. Um, Sounds awesome. I mean, she can, if she wants to tone down the accent in the future, I'm totally for that, because the longer the girl stays in the States, that's what happens. But, um... I just don't want her to lose that peppiness, you know? That's, I think, the big thing. That was what I was trying to stress with Gavin and Stacey when I had her watch it. It was, was, you know, I want you to be like Stacey because I want you to be a bundle of energy all the time. Because that's Carrie. She's the kind of intrepid reporter that always gets the story she wants because if she doesn't charm your pants off, she probably talks your ear off and you're like, fine, fine, here, I'll tell you what I know, shut up. <laughs> uh, I like anyone that talks my pants off. <laughs> but yes, so how'd you get her to come to the I do absolutely love that though. That scene. Strangely enough, That's great. This is a very eclectic episode because it, it varies to every scene is quite different from the one that before it. Which is quite nice, and it all feels like it's building to something. Mm. Why could that possibly be? I don't be? know. We may have to keep listening to find out. I know. Even the music, you have the music, the tempo increases as the episode goes yes, on. Yes, it does. And this piece of music that's behind this, I have been waiting to use forever. Really? Because I never had anywhere to put it. But I thought it was quirky and funny, and I realized, oh, this is perfect for when Carrie meets Julian for the first time. Bobby, what aren't you telling me? And I love how Bobby's like, I wouldn't say something I don't, I can't back up, but gossip, gossip. <laughs> Let me talk about Julian and how much he's fallen for Jaina. 
I feel like if Bobby isn't seeing someone, Natalie is working furiously behind the scenes to find him someone. Oh yes, oh yes. Very much so. They are like BFFs by this point. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like a death and someone buggering off for three months to, uh, to cause a best friendship to resolve. <laughs> Evolve even. God, I've had a lot of I'm time. sorry. <laughs> you say that now. I do love Richard Castor, though. He gives me so much walla. He kept, re he kept switching from Bobby was smoking to Bobby was drinking. So basically, <laughs> the guy sounds double-fisted throughout this episode, because he sounds like he's got a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. That's the best way to exactly, be. Exactly, I agree. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, go, go vice, go all the way, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Enjoy your vices. That's our message. Is that our message? Uh, today? Well, the line, that's, that's the, the message of the line. <laughs> Enjoy your yep. vices. Oh, Life short. You can hear the change in tone. You can. As we build. Uh -huh. And build. Yeah. Uh. Hey, Layla. You. Um, I actually wish I'd done this differently. You wanted just because I feel like the phone call is almost out of, out of um. Well, it's almost like it should have been its own scene. But then I was like, do I really want to have a phone call scene at the end of this episode? And I was like, no, not really. I'll just have the. I'll have her ask for a place to stay and move on. And uh, yeah, because that's all you sort of need, and that sort of that sets the tone for what comes in, 16, in the yeah. future. Um, but no, I think you're right. I don't think you don't want you don't want to spoil and interrupt the build that's been going no. on. Now here is which the... has all been leading to this yes. and sec mets. This I have had plan. planned since basically middle of season one. I knew it was coming, and I've been. And I'm not sure anyone will have seen it coming because I know I didn't. I'm hoping not because. The whole thing about it is that, I mean, I don't give any clues beforehand that she might possibly have, you know, that kind of, uh, have, you know, th this will happen. I don't give any clues to it. Um, yeah. Because it's not until it happens and, and she shows up in Jaina's face that even Noir goes, oh, shit, this has happened before. So it's not even something that, like, Asara mentioned. It's totally out of left field, I hope. And, uh, ah, oh, Bernadette does such a fantastic job. And, like, just there's so much grossness going on. <laughs> there's things squishing and coming out of the earth and spirits and demons muttering softly. And it's, oh, it's creepy. Squishing is good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Bernadette is so fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. I think she has done a fantastic job of Sekhmet, of uh, just doing exactly what I, I needed from her. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't realize how creepy sex with fascination with children is until just now. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little bit. She's like demon children everywhere. Mm-mm-mm. Love me some demon children. <laughs> now we build to the piece of music that I was talking yeah. about last month that I think you use mm -hmm. to such Wonderful. Oh, effect. thank you. I, I and I had had it in my head is what I wanted to do with it, and I was just trying to figure out how to use it. And I didn't want to just use that song. So there's actually two songs going on right now. One is more of a sweetener, though, more of a a, a bass 
less of a song. Yes. Schmetterling, which has just started right here, that is clearly what's what you're hearing it. That's the demon singing. That's not. It's not meant to be soundtrack. It's meant to be. That's what you're hearing as she's summoning this creature. And that's what you really can call it. It's a creature. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of interesting context clues thrown into Sekhmet's speech here um, about what she is and about what her dad is. And about what her, you know, what the other demons are. So I think it's pretty cool. But I'm not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> Sorry. No, things for people to discover for yeah. themselves. Which I think is good. <laughs> nice bit of foreshadowing. We all yes. love some foreshadowing. And I'm, I like doing foreshadowing where, like, I'll say it, like, ten episodes before it even comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. Really, like, out there foreshadowing. Or indeed, a couple of seasons yeah. before it comes into effect. In some cases. Oh. There's like, I can't really say much about this. It's just, it's just wicked. She just, I, they did such a great job. All of the people involved, especially Tracy at the end. Because I gave her a tall order, though. <laughs> Well, I know, absolutely. Did she know she was coming yes, back? Yes, she knew. When, when I did the audition process, um, I only called back two girls, and both of them were given demon lines to do with the stipulation that it needed to sound sexy. And less like <laughs> a demon and more like a possessed person. And yes. she was the one who basically did the voice of this person um, without even without even really needing my assistance. So, uh, so she was, she was a perfect choice. But she knew, I mean, she's known ever since I asked her that she would be used again. So, yeah. Creep-tastic. It is creep-tastic. And I was just so happy that I was able to use the music I wanted to. Like Absolutely. Well, your music cue for the end here is Tiny Fugue. Yes, it is. You're right, it is. Tiny fugue. <laughs> I almost used the chromatic fugue, and then I tried to change my mind. I like the tiny fugue better. It's more fun. <laughs> and by fun, I mean creepy as shit. <laughs> I like the oh, the idea of a composer going. I should now compose a tiny fugue. <laughs> yeah. It shall be only eighteen bars long. <laughs> should be in one key, and shall have twenty-seven notes. I don't know why the composer speaks like that. Sorry, Kevin. Oh, I love that little chuckle. <laughs> and here's a uh, tiny few. Yes. Oh, creepy, 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 creepy. And she does sound sexy. Mm-hmm. I love that about Bernadette. When she does laughter, she purrs first. Yeah, I like that part of the immersing well. herself in the character. It's so great. And crashes of thunder round off yep. this episode. And the sound of the of the organ playing. Oh. And I can't tell anybody about anything that happens next episode because it's like all terribly spoilerific. So It is, that's it. That's pretty much all we can say ever. Yeah, I mean, you just have to listen to next the next episode. There's really nothing else I can say. I have to be quiet for a whole month. Mm, that's gonna be tough. I know. <laughs> Especially since everybody's going to be sitting there going, what? What happened? What? 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 No! T 
I just get to sit there and go, uh, 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 I'm not gonna tell you. But maybe not like that. Cat's dance of tools. my dance of tools. So it's been a good episode, Cat. Thank you. I'm really glad about it. I think it. I think it was very, uh, very fun to uh, to mix and, uh, and uh, you know to write and to do. Which is, I'm so glad at how it turned out. I think this is. I think out of all the episodes I've directed so far, this is probably my favorite. Um, of course, that might change the further I get into the season because there are some wickedly awesome things coming. Um, but uh, well, you can always have more than one favorite. That's true. Especially since with me, it changes like every two days. <laughs> this is my favorite. No, wait, no, wait. It's this one. And then that one. And then this one over here, too. And that one. I just like them all. <laughs> well, it's been a joyous event, so if people uh, were so inclined to contact you, where could they do such a thing? You could email me at cat at pendantaudio.com. That's cat with K. Um, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you could do so at, uh, I'm at Genesis Avalon. Weird how that happens. Um, and, uh, and, uh, if you would, uh, like to, to let us know anything else, uh, what you like, what you didn't like, uh, what you'd like to see, what you'd like to see less of, more of, you know, um, go ahead and give us a, drop us a line at the, uh, Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. Um, or leave us a message on the website at www.pendantaudio.com. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So, so drop us a line. Let me know if you liked it or hated it. If you tell me you hated it, I'll probably cry in a corner somewhere. Um, but that's all right. Should be fine. Because I'll just send You'll demons after you. It's fine. You're tough. <laughs> You'll go, I don't care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just send demons after them anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If, on the other hand, you just want to flirt with us... You can totally uh, do that, feel too. Free. You can totally do that, too. Best to do that on Twitter. Twitter's good for flirting. Flirting on 160 characters. Yes, 140, but yeah. Really? Is that 140? Uh-huh. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's 20 less. That's ruined my entire existence. What am I going to do with 20 less characters? I think you'll cope. Fuck. Somehow. Yeah, somewhere. probably. It's been a joy, a pleasure. Aw, yes, um, thank you. I've had a blast having you here and having and talking about this awesome episode, and uh, and uh, every, hopefully everyone will turn in for tune in for uh, episode sixteen, which I can tell I you know, literally nothing about. We're heading into two thousand and eleven. Two thousand and eleven. Oh, die! It's the future. <laughs> it's the future, yeah. There better be flying cars. That's all I ask. Where's your flying cars? Watch your flying cars. Okay. I'll work on that. Mm. You should put them in the line. See you in a month, everyone. <laughs> yes, see you in a month. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>